Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Teddy Teapot with Teddy Mellencamp. Hi, guys. Welcome to this week's Teddy Teapot. I am floored to have on this week's guest, Batsheva Hart. Okay, you guys, if you have not watched My Unorthodox Life, you are going to be thanking me for this episode because it is going to draw in all of your curiosity, your questions. You'll have to tune in. Batsheva is an all-American lifestyle blogger, TikTok star, influencer, and entrepreneur from Monty, New York. She is well-known in the industry as the daughter of Julia Hart, fashion designer and CEO of Elite World Group. Y'all, I got to just say, I have questions. Let's bring her on. Bacheva is my oldest daughter. She had been brought up in that world the longest. So of course for her, it was extremely difficult. Ben and I are at a different level than you, and I think that's yeah, okay. No. Ben is my husband and best friend. He is a real estate agent in the city. We got married when we were 19 years old. Getting married that young is very common. Right after I got married, my mom decided she no longer wanted to be religious at all. And that was really challenging for me because I was brought up one way and she was basically saying, I don't believe in any of that, I'm going. I still live a very religious Jewish lifestyle, but I am obviously not where I used to be and I've found my own way in the religion. 
Hi, welcome. Thank you. How are you? It's so nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. And thank you for joining us. Um, Don't mind me that I honestly had to listen to your name 1000 times because I'm like, I'm not going to slaughter it. I am going to nail it the first time. And I feel like I almost did it. And then I got so many corrections. No worries. Everybody always asks me how to say my name. So it's all good. I'm used to it. I used to actually like go by when I was in school, I would tell people my name was Beth because it was like easier for me. And my dad actually told me, he's like, if people can pronounce Nicki Minaj, they can figure out how to say Bacheva. And ever since then, I let people butcher it. It's fine. But as long as you're trying, I appreciate it. Well, it's such a beautiful name. I love it. And you are such a beautiful person. And I love you on the show. So, I mean, you guys are awesome. I love how open you are and sharing so many things. Speaking of names, okay, you got to explain to me that I get a lot of heat because of my last name. But like, how were you a certain last name, then Weinstein, then went to Hart? Or how, what's the story of the last names? So I have three last, I, I go by three last names. Okay. <laughs> I have, I, my legal name is Hendler. I haven't changed my name. That was like my name from birth. Um, my married name is Weinstein. So if I'm in like a social situation, I'll introduce myself as that. But then professionally, I go by Hart. Oh, perfect. So yeah. So people are always like, oh my God, you change your name. I'm like, yeah, not really, but it, sure. I mean, people always say the same thing to me. They're like, why do you still have Mellencamp in your name? Is that because of your dad? And I'm like, one, like my dad takes a lot of pride in our last name, but my name is Teddy Mellencamp Aroyave. I took out my middle name because it was Joe. Like I was like, <laughs> I don't want Teddy Joe Aroyave. That is like not, not, not the good look. So I was like, you know, so I get a lot on it too, but I was like, all right, let's clear it up. And I did like a little Instagram poll. I saw that you reposted it. Thank you. Where I just like asked everybody for questions. So, I mean, they have a ton. So it's going to be a little rapid fire. Our deal here is nothing off limits, but you can, you know, tell me to back off and however you want. But they're, you know, they're going to give me a hard time about it later. Okay. So you currently identify as modern Orthodox. Can you explain the differences from the ultra Orthodox community you were part of versus now? Yeah, so I would say like the major differences is like we still keep like the core things like kosher, we keep Shabbat. But what I would say is like the major differences is like everything is just more strict and like you're just less connected, like college isn't pushed, you know, you're supposed to get married super young, you're supposed to have babies right away. Um, so I think like those are like the major differences because I'm still modern Orthodox. So I have like a lot of the same core values and traditions that I celebrate, but just at like a more modern level, it's kind of like it's modernized as opposed to like staying a little bit more olden day, if that makes sense. Um, so I feel like the two like major things like Shabbat and kosher, we still keep, um, just that like not as strict of a level. And what's been the hardest part of the transition for you? You mean to be like modern Orthodox mm-hmm. or to, or to leave or step away or oh, um, I guess like stopping to really care about what other people thought about me. Yeah. Um, I think that was like the biggest thing just because I came from a place where I feel like judgment is really big and that's what really holds you back from anything. Cause you don't know like, what are people going to say about you? What's your reputation going to be? Um, 
And I think my mom leaving, I like built up a really thick skin because people would always come over to me like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Like, do you know where your mom is today? Or like, must be so hard for your family dealing with this. And like, so passive aggressive, so passive aggressive. And I'm like, you don't care about me. You just like want to get the tea and figure out what's going on and gossip to all of your friends. Um, So I really developed like a thick skin. And I realized like, why am I living my life? for other people and what they think of me or what they think is right. Like, let me make my own decisions. Let me educate myself. Um, And I think that was like something that was really hard for me to get over. But once I did that, I just like my friends were actually just telling me, they're like, you have no peer pressure. Like, you don't care. You do what you want to do. You don't care what about like what everyone else is doing. Um, And I definitely think that's because I went through that experience where I had to figure it out for myself. And what tools would you give to other people that like watch your show that are, you know, living by a certain religion that, you know, maybe they are not agreeing with some of the rules or regulations that they have. Like, how did you start to build up that confidence in, you know, the changes that you are making? I think the biggest thing is to realize that you're the only person who's living your life. So it's very nice for other people to have expectations or what they think is right. But at the end of the day, they're not in your shoes. They're not experiencing things. It's like when people would be like, oh, you know, you really should have a baby now. Like, your time is ticking. And I'm like, that's really nice that you think that but like, I'm gonna have to be the one who's up with the baby and carrying the baby and all those things. Like, this is my decision. Why would I let someone else pressure me into making that big life change? So I think it's changing your mindset from being someone who's thinking about what other people are going to say and realize that this is your life, you have one life to live. So take advantage of being in charge of that. I love that so much. Um, and just, you know, I had a baby at 40. So there's, you know, you. Eh, you got some time. Um, and, you know, when it comes to your mom, I, I, I saw that for a little while, you guys didn't talk when she ended up, you know, leaving what, what changed in you to, 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 to kind of open up or what was the defining moment that you were like, okay. I think that it was like, had to definitely do with maturity um, and like getting a little bit older and realizing that my mom person I think when we're younger we feel like our mom is like only able to be in that role and that's how you see them um but I realizing that my mom is her own person and she went through her own experiences um and she like went through all these things and at the time I obviously didn't understand but now I you know after I had the conversation with her and she told me that she was suicidal you know no child wants to hear that that was like really tough for me to hear and to hear my mom was so unhappy in her life that she wanted to end it that I think was like the changing moment where I realized like who am I to judge what makes someone happy um and the way that they lead their lives and obviously I'm so thankful that my mom had the courage to make a change because I'm living a completely different lifestyle because she opened my eyes to this whole world that I was closed off from And out of curiosity, just, you know, because so many people are struggling with mental health and suicide right now, as a, as a kid, could you see it at all? Or did you just see her as mom? I didn't see it at all. She was just like, always so happy around us. Like, so content to us, what felt like so content in her life. She was always that mom who like, would always hang out with us and do things. And like, she was like the favorite of my friend group mom. So I, I really had no idea. And that just like goes to show you that you don't know what's going on in someone's head, they can put on this image and um, 
you know, when people now like will say, well, I knew your mom, I'm like, well, I lived with my mom and I didn't know what she was going through. So it's nice that you have your opinions. Yeah. I mean, I, do you think that part of the ultra Orthodox community breeds like perfectionism? Like you should always be a certain way. Like you're not allowed to be vulnerable and open or have weaknesses. Is that kind of the amount of pressure that you felt? I think like everyone's supposed to be the perfect mom, have the perfect children. Um, and I think it's like that when they're, when you have like a housewife society, when everyone's just like comparing all those things. And I can't imagine, I'm sure it's extremely hard to juggle all of that. And then how long after your mom left, did she like start her business and then meet your stepdad and all of those types? Was it fast or how did that all go down? Um, I think it felt fast to me, but it was really a long journey. And she is having a book that's coming out in February. Um, and she like talks about her whole experience and how she got there. Cause I, I mean like that part I'm fascinated by, cause she was really like the stay at home mom. Um, she was always a brilliant woman, but she really educated herself through reading. I think that's what like prepped her for leaving. And then, um, she's, she just like works her ass off 24 seven. And then how did your dad feel about like hearing you're going to go on a television show? Like, how does he feel now? All those things. Um, I think he was definitely nervous, but um, him coming on, I think you really get like the full picture of my family that we are like this modern family where we all have different religious beliefs and backgrounds. um, And we still like we value family over anything else. And my parents, I'm so lucky because even though they have very different views on life, they wanted their kids to have a wholesome family life. And that's like what they do. So we do holidays together. um, And we're all very close still. And I think like, that's so I'm so grateful to them, because I know that I'm sure it's not easy, because they're not friends. Like, people are like, Oh, wow, your parents are so close. I'm like, No, no, they're amazing co parents, and they put their children above everything else. I think that's huge, especially because how heated it can be when only, you know, like, not only divorce, but also changing your lifestyle so dramatically. And now yeah. they're both with new people. Like, I just definitely wasn't like that for me growing up. We didn't, uh, we didn't do holidays together once my parents yeah, got a divorce. I, I realized how it, it's not. It doesn't happen for most people. So I'm so thankful that my parents put their feelings aside um, and just wanted us to get that family time together. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wildcard on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth 
issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages They starved us, they beat us, they burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment the Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. to you and your husband like how did you guys come to the I mean I know that you said that you got over caring what other people thought but how did you and your husband come to terms with like you guys were you were you were going to switch things and how quickly after you got married like if like your husband kind of says like wow you know it's just it's quick you know I married one girl and then we're done but like everything shifted how did you guys work through that? I mean, all marriages, there's change, but how, what, what would you say was the defining things? So I think definitely we were like the slowest to leave. Um, like I've only been living in the city for two and a half years up until then I was living in Muncie. So everything we did was very, very, very slow, like little tiny baby steps where I felt like other people in my family took like giant steps. Um, So everything we did was like very much spoken out about. So like, just like you see on the show, like we talk about plans, like 
that was a conversation we were having for like three years until I was like, okay, like this is what I'm doing. Um, so I think that because like we constantly were talking about how we were feeling, what kind of life we want to live, um, what we let, want our lifestyle to be, um, we were never on such polarizing sides. Like we always had the same core values. Um, maybe like certain things like outwardly were different, like modesty, we had a different take on that. Um, but at the end of the day, like we both had the same values. So, and we were very respectful of each other's thoughts and feelings to kind of be like, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. I know you're not there yet, but as long as you respect me, then we can get there together. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's all marriage. I think being able to talk things through and have conversations when you're not heated is huge. Yeah. Um, and then what do his parents think about all his parents are still ultra orthodox, correct? Yeah. So um, thank God they're very similar to my dad and that they just want a happy and healthy relationship with their children. So they're very supportive. They just want us to be happy. Um, and we still talk and see them all the time. So we're very thankful for them. And then when you ultimately have a family of your own, like how will you discuss this, you know, the changes that you made and the, the way that you grew up versus the way you're raising them? Like, what do you have a plan on that? I don't really know. I think that I'll obviously like figure it out when that happens, but I definitely don't want to like dwell on my past. I think like I would just teach them about respecting other people's cultures. Like if let's say we go to my in-laws house to be respectful of their home and how they live their lifestyle. So I think um, just raise it, raising them with that awareness um, and trying to be respectful of other people's communities. Like when I go to Muncie, I will wear a skirt and be more modest because I want to respect the location that I'm in. Right. That makes sense. And what about how does it like make you or your husband feel? I've noticed the topic of sex is like very open, like around the dinner table. You guys, like your mom will just, I, I know myself just because if my mom or dad talk about, I'm like, no, 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 no. And I wasn't even raised <laughs> ultra orthodox. Like, like, but I just, from them, I'm like, I can't hear it from you guys. My friends, yeah. I can, you too. No. So how does it make you feel? Um, I definitely like I appreciate like having a mom who's very sex positive. Um, and because I came from this background where I really didn't know anything, I think I would have felt like extra lost had I not known that my mom would be open with me to like have a conversation like that. Um, but definitely like I, I like say in the show, like I'm not down to read like her sexcapades in the book. Like I will <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> So has your sex life changed uh, uh, since leaving the community or has it been kind of? Um, I feel like it's been like, it's always been pretty open because I was able to have like that line of communication with my mom to kind of educate myself. Yeah. Um, but definitely different from when I was growing up because pre-marriage, like I didn't know anything. And then were you guys allowed, I mean, because right now, especially with COVID and all these things, so many kids are on like, iPads and phones and all what what's the electronics rule? Um, so I guess like I didn't like when I was in high school, that's when like people started getting cell phones, but they didn't have like anything on them. So I'm 28. So I feel like we didn't I didn't go through that like iPhone experience in high school. Like they didn't exist until I was maybe in like twelfth grade. I don't know, but I didn't have one. I had like the classic flip phone and then everything. Um, so I can't like honestly speak to it because I feel like technology has like evolved so much in the past 10 years. Um, 
but definitely like watching TV and like movies like that was like, you know, later on in my life, like when I was in my teenage years, and I guess my mom was like, preparing or thinking about leaving like we did do some of those things but like they're very much in hiding like we would travel like an hour outside of Muncie to go to a movie theater because like if someone saw me there I would be kicked out of high school um so like very uh, like I didn't watch like movies with my friends like that was just like a no so no movies no drinking not as a teenager but as an adult is there drinking as an adult Oh, so like the Jewish culture does have a lot of like, we have Shabbat, we have Kiddush, like we drink some wine, but it was never like, I never went to a party ever in my life. And then I just saw you in Vegas. <laughs> I, I, that, that was my first, that was like my first experience, like ever like partying with people. And is it what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas or how it to go? I, I feel like this time I did, I went with a big group of friends and like we did like, you know, we had a table. It was just, it, I think we did it the right way. Um, and it was a lot of fun, but like, I never like experienced, like, I never went to a house party in my life. I've never, like, I didn't go to like classic college or anything. Like I'm now a student at FIT, but it's a city college. Like I still tell my sister who's in Stanford, I'm like, invite me to a party. Like, I want to know what that's like. Oh, no, that's so fun. Well, it's really fun to watch. We got to take a quick break because I know we've got to get back to some other listener questions. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back, guys. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wildcard on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, 
if someone presented this program to me and not just because I've already experienced it. Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. During the break, guys, she was saying she was a big fan um, of Real Housewives. What people always ask me, is the show scripted? Is it fake? What is it? And the way I kind of always explain it is like, Everything is heightened because you're being filmed and, you know, it is a television show, but it's all real. It's your real emotions. It's your real reactions. What would you say from, you know, coming from your background to all of a sudden being on a television show? Like when people say, is it scripted? Are you guys, you know, going over the top or what are your thoughts on that? I think like what like what we did was really like picked on things that we actually were experiencing, like real life situations, like. Ben and I talking about me wearing pants or us fighting about me taking too many Insta stories or just like we tried to think of like real scenarios that like we actually experience in life um, and shared those. So I feel like they feel they are authentic. Um, they feel authentic because they are authentic. Right. Um, definitely like there's more drama than like your natural daily life. Um, but I think like it's all it's very real. No one's telling you what to say or how to act. Um, but people aren't like waking you up in the morning with a camera in your face. Yeah. <laughs> you, and uh, especially like trips, any of those types of things that that's more 24 seven. Um, and what was the biggest shocker from going from Monty to New York city? Um, again, I feel like it was like, for me, it was just like little baby steps. So it didn't feel like so crazy, um, of a jump. Cause it, it was very gradual for us. Um, but I guess like, the biggest jump, I feel like finding a group of friends that like live a modern Orthodox lifestyle, like I live now was like, very eye opening for me, because I never experienced that like people who have religion in their life, but also live worldly lives. Yeah. Um, And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that in like any religion, not like Judaism specifically, but like Christian, Catholic, Muslim, whatever it is. Um, that like there are people who have learned to have religion and respect that, but also have careers and travel and do things. Um, that was like really enlightening for me. And when your mom said like that she escaped, do you feel like that's an accurate portrayal of like, do you feel like you escaped or? I think cause my mom like 
for us, we had my mom who was doing things. Um, so we always had that lifeline. But for yeah. her, she didn't know anyone. Like, just like I didn't know, like, I didn't have any non-Jewish friends. I didn't have any, um, like, not ultra-Orthodox friends. Like, I didn't have communication. So I feel like for her, like, escaping is the right word because she left beyond, behind, like, her whole life. Like, every person she knew and what she was raised on. And then she, like, came to a completely new world where she had nothing, no ties to anyone, no education. So it felt like that escape. Right. And then how, how long do you think it actually took you to acclimate and feel like showing yourself on social media, talking about those times, you know, being open, doing ads, all of that type of stuff. That's a completely different world. And I know for me, sometimes having other people's feedback especially when you're making lifestyle changes can feel really disheartening. So in those moments, like how did you find your strength? So I actually never spoke about my religion. I spoke about like being Jewish, but I never spoke about my religious changes at all on my social media um, because I didn't want that to be a topic of discussion. I felt like if I spoke about it, then I was letting people in to give me their opinion. Yeah. So I never said anything, any changes I made or I just like the day I started posting in pants, like I just posted in pants. Like I didn't say anything. There was no announcement. There was no, this is why I'm doing this. Um, and I think because I did that, I didn't get that feedback because nobody like felt comfortable saying anything to me because I never. You didn't give the option. You didn't open the door for feedback. Exactly. I love that. Um, are there any aspects of the community that you, you really miss? Um, I think like all the positive aspects of like being religious, I still have in my life. So there's nothing that I would say I miss because I feel like whatever I enjoyed, I brought with me and still do. Yeah. And then how did your mom and Silvio meet? I, I know that's hard. I, when people ask me parent questions, it's always hard, but how did they meet? And having a, I'm a stepmom myself. So how do you how comfortable do you feel, you know, adjusting to having, you know, a step parent? So I feel like for me, like it, he doesn't feel like a stepdad. He's like, so like, I know him as Silvio, like my mom's husband, just because I'm out of the house. I feel like for my little brother who like lives with my mom, it's a different feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, he's very into photography. So we're very like, we connect on that, which is really nice. Um, so we found like our own personal things to connect on. Um, and there was never that point where we like wanted our parents to get back together. So I think for us, um, it was nice because like, we just wanted our parents to be happy and to see my mom really happy with Silvio and my dad now found someone, um, it's just like, so nice as children to like have your parents find someone who makes them happy when like, they're obviously in a very unhappy relationship before. Yeah. So how does that work? Cause your dad's still ultra orthodox but his girlfriend is more modern correct yeah so he's he's coming along you know like when he gets married he's moving out of Muncie so I think it's kind of like getting out of a community that you're supposed to live a certain way that really makes like the big difference because like if you're living in a more modern community like people don't judge you the same way they're more open-minded to like whatever you choose to do or not do right um, okay. Favorite and least favorite thing of filming a reality show. 
Ooh, um, favorite. I love like getting glammed and getting dressed. Like I personally enjoy that. Um, least favorite, I guess, is like having uncomfortable conversations like with a camera and yeah. knowing that like going to be like your personal feelings are going to be out there for like people to watch and judge. My least favorite thing was I I'm an emotional person. So, um, I'll, I'll cry. Like if I start to get emotional, I cry, but there was something about like the heat of the camera on your face get emotional like immediately you'd see like my chest start to get red like I could feel myself getting hot and I'd be like I'm sweating and all of a sudden you just feel it right there and you're just like maybe I wouldn't cry in real life but this heat and this closeness like there is no way I'm going to keep it together right now and so I was just I would completely forget that the cameras were there by the end unless I was like emotional and going to cry then all of a sudden they were like blaring in my face and it's like when somebody says to you like don't cry. Don't get upset. Then all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> or like, I'm crying. Like when my husband says that, if we're watching like a movie and it's that, I'm like, every time someone says, are you crying? Like that makes you want to cry. Yeah. You can't you help it. No. Um, and how long until season two, how long we got? I'm going to tell if, if you guys are listening to this and you want to tag at Netflix that you love the show, share it with them. Cause Time will tell. Hopefully, hopefully we'll know for sure soon. All right. Well, in closing, is there anything else you want to share with everybody where they find you? Anything that you're super proud of or excited about? Give us the deets. Yeah, uh, definitely check me out on social media. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I post content daily. Um, And thank you so much for having me on. This was amazing. I appreciate you coming. Thank you. Well, thanks you guys for joining this week's Teddy Teapod. It was so interesting. Um, And also next week, I have a feeling you guys aren't going to want to miss it because there is a certain someone that I have a feeling is going to be on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I'm thinking y'all are going to want to recap. So uh, make sure you send in all your questions to us at Teddy Teapod at iheartradio.com because wasn't sure that that was going to happen again. I'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Teddy Teapot on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. 
This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.